Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined tonight by John Glennon. We'll get to him in just a sec. Before we do that, remind you the new site, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check that out. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff going on over there, especially now once Titans start playing. Um, we're we're going to have the best coverage that you're going to find uh, of this team there. So check that out, broadwaysportsmedia.com. You can find all of our content there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. You can follow John on Twitter at Glennon Sports. John, how are you tonight? I am well, sir. And yourself? I'm I'm good. I'm really excited that we have, you know, we we we've seen a handful of actual NFL games now, and we are as we record this just a little bit under 24 hours from seeing the Titans kick off. So obviously a lot of excitement with that. You know, there was a point I guess back in the spring we weren't sure if this was going to happen. So now that we've seen games, we know the Titans will be kicking off tomorrow night, a, a really exciting thing. Uh, we have seen a quite a bit of news that has come across, really, even since Friday, um, with the Isaiah Wilson situation, with the Adoree Jackson injury. So a couple of, of key things that we're, we'll be monitoring there. I think we'll start off with Isaiah Wilson. Obviously, the news that he was arrested Friday night for a DUI. Uh, he was already on the COVID list, so wasn't going to be a part of the game plan in Denver anyway, but, um, you know, now we've seen a handful of issues with this guy before he ever, you know, takes the field as an NFL player. So kind of give me your reaction when, when you saw that news Saturday morning and where you think the team goes with him from here. Yeah, you know, it sounds weird to, to say this right now. As you say, we've yet to see him step on the field in, in a single game. But you, you already feel like you're almost at sort of a, a tipping point for, for Isaiah Wilson because this is not the first issue. And, you know, you, you kind of certainly have to give him a pass when he, when he initially shows up, but, you know, and, and he was on the COVID list. Okay, there's, you know, you can only handle so many things when you're living back at home and, and you have, you know, influences. But, you know, it, it's been another trip to the, uh, to the COVID list since then. It was the... Uh, you know, he was on the, the police report for being out at the, the party at Tennessee State, where certainly the Titans would not uh, have appreciated him there. And, and now a, a DWI, and, uh, you know, by, by NFL rule now, if you're found guilty of a, a DWI, you're, you're out for, for three games, a minimum of three games uh, from the NFL. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of issues we're dealing with here uh, with Isaiah Wilson and, and – uh, you know, I, I think it's already at a point where he has to make a decision uh, himself that, you know, I, I have to, uh, you know, turn things around here. I, I just can't seem to – I can't do the same things over and over again and, and uh, feel like I can I can turn things around. And, you know, just, just one more point on that topic for me. You know, we, we, uh, we had some Zoom interviews with, uh, you know, some of the Titans players, and this is before, obviously, that uh, Isaiah Wilson's DUI, but uh, like Taylor Lewan, I, I recall mentioning the fact that that um, you know when he spoke to Isaiah in general about things, he said you know one thing Isaiah has to remember is that we the veterans on the offensive line we're we're on his side. We're not guys that are are there to get down on him. So I think maybe there's some sense of hey Isaiah, you know, accept some of this uh, the help, some of the advice. You got a lot of good veterans on that team. Um, you know, so we have to hope that, that Isaiah kind of chooses to turn the, uh, the right path. And, and, uh, you know, to, to me, Jimmy, I guess, you know, I, I don't really see him, even though we haven't played a game yet, I don't, I don't see him being a factor 
really much at, at, at all this year, uh, and it's hard to say already, but, you know, I, I just don't see it. What do you, what do you think? Is, he, uh, is there an uh, opportunity for him to turn uh, the things around? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, right? He was going to be behind the eight ball, so to speak, anyway, with being a rookie, not having an offseason. I mean, we knew all that stuff. Luckily, the Titans are in a pretty good spot there, having re-signed Dennis Kelly. So, I mean, we I think we all pretty much assumed after we didn't get an offseason and, and that kind of stuff that Dennis Kelly was going to be the starter in week one, and then we would kind of see where it went from there. But now, you know, I, I don't know what the timeline here is as far as the COVID stuff and all of that. But like you said, if, if there is any disciplinary action from the league, um, you're looking at, at three games and then, you know, just that it puts him even further behind, not being able to be with the team or whatever it is, again, depending on when he comes off the COVID list. So that's the concern for me is that now you're looking at, I mean, I don't know, midseason being the first time that he can really probably make an impact on this team. And so, I mean, again, the, the Titans are, are in a, a bit of a good spot because they don't have to have him contribute right away, and that's obviously not always the, the case with a first-round pick. Um, you expect that guy to come in and be able to contribute right away. The Titans didn't necessarily need that. Obviously, you want that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's concerning, um, if nothing else, just the, the, the decisions that he's made to this point. And so hopefully, like you said, you, you, he can get in the room because he's got a good group there. I mean, when you talk about Lawan, Saffold, Ben Jones, I mean, Dennis Kelly, even all guys that have been in this league for a long time. Um, you know, Lawan has had his different issues and stuff. So, I mean, he's a good guy to, you know, to talk with, talk through that kind of stuff with. So I think there's a chance that they can get him on the right path. And, you know, even further, like I think Mike Vrabel is a really good coach for this kind of stuff because he's, you know, he's played in the league. He made the point uh, maybe in his first training camp that, you know, he said to the guys, he's been in every position. He's been the guy that, you know, was an underdog to make the roster. He's been the, you know, incumbent starter. He's been the high-priced free agent. So, I mean, he kind of gets it from all those perspectives. So, I mean, I think he's a good guy to – help navigate him through these different challenges. But the question is, is Isaiah Wilson going to be willing to listen to those guys and then act upon the advice that he gives them? So I don't know. I mean, I think some people are, you know, already ready to be done with him. I mean, we see that all, all the time. People have quick triggers these days. I don't, I don't think we're to that point yet, but we're definitely at a point where if things don't start to change, if his decision-making doesn't start to change, you have to be concerned about him long term, but at this point, I don't think we see a meaningful contribution from him to this team until at least midseason. That's that's disappointing, but it's not necessarily into the world for this group. Yeah, and that's a good point too. You, you mentioned obviously they had Dennis Kelly, um, who was going to be the likely starter at least for the first part of this season, anyway. And then I think in, in addition to that. You know, normally we'll see this team maybe keep nine offensive linemen on the, on the 53. I, I've even seen times where it's been eight. Uh, um, but this year they, they kept ten offensive linemen, and that was kind of a, uh, you know, a, a question I think at the time a lot of people had, why, why so many? Well, uh, not long after that, Isaiah Wilson is on the COVID list for the second time. So I think the Titans, in keeping Ty Sembrello, another guy who can – uh, step in there and has a lot of experience in the NFL at, at tackle. You know, I, I think they're well positioned to, to deal with this uh, at this point. Um, uh, and two, you know, uh, I think it's worth pointing out that, that remember Nate Davis last year, 
uh, you know, a guy who really didn't have training camp at all because of an injury. Um, still, uh, you know, about a quarter of the way through the season, got in there, and and uh, you know, and and by the end of the season, at least anyway, was starting to uh, to come around. So you're right; it's it's it's, it's too early, certainly, to uh, uh, you know say say farewell to the uh, to the entire season. But boy, uh, he's uh, he's behind the eight ball uh, a pretty good distance at this point. Yeah, and like you mentioned, when you, when you talk about the number of off- offensive linemen that they kept. Uh, we know that Mike Vrabel especially is not, uh, you know, it's not his whatever uh, method of operation to give out all the information that he knows to the media, um, you know, to fans, whatever. And so I think it, that's an understatement. Right. And so, but you can, you can kind of take clues away from different things. And so I, I think that that was at least an indication that they knew that there was some more stuff going on here and that it was going to be maybe a longer road than we all expected. So we'll just have to kind of sit back and see where he goes from here. I mean, it's one of those deals now where the ball is in his court completely to how he's going to react. Um, but I think we're looking at something, you know, a quarter of the way through, like you said, midway through, whatever it is, before we really see him make a contribution. So we'll just have to see the adjustments they make from there. The other, like I said, the other piece of news was the Adoree Jackson a Dory Jackson injury, which to me is more concerning than what's going on with Isaiah Wilson, because that's a guy that, you know, was going to be one of their starting corners. And we didn't know exactly what they were going to do with, you know, who was going to play the slot and all that kind of stuff. But you felt good about that, that group of three with Butler Jackson and uh, Christian Fulton, the rookie. Now you're going to be relying on a guy like Jonathan Joseph, who you know has has experience. I mean that that's a good thing, obviously, but is not the athlete that Adore Jackson is. So how do you kind of see things playing out in the secondary until Adore Jackson can get back, which we know is going to be at least three weeks at this point? Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, well. Did they did they put him on? IR? I thought I heard uh, they did. Maybe they didn't. Okay. Um, I, I don't think maybe one of us is right, one of us is wrong. Yeah. Regardless, <laughs> he's out on uh, he's out for the opener. Um, yeah, and, and it's a tough blow because, you know, if you've got Jackson and Butler, uh, you know, and, and Jonathan Joseph there too, you, you can kind of bring Christian Fulton on a little bit slower, you know. You, you can kind of adjust his snaps and because just like Isaiah Wilson, this is a guy who didn't have an offseason, didn't have a training camp. So as talented and athletic as he is, you know, it's still going to, there's probably a learning curve there. Well, now you don't really have that opportunity. Uh, certainly, uh, Christian Fulton is going to be thrown right into the to the fire, probably get a, an awful lot of snaps, and uh, you know, more than we would have seen initially. Um, to me, I'm, I'm also interested, you know, we mentioned those guys. Jonathan Joseph will certainly play a bigger role now than we thought. I'm kind of curious whether Chris Jackson um, you know, the seventh-round draft pick uh, will maybe get a little bit more attention than we would have thought. I mean, this guy all of a sudden kind of at the end of camp uh, and, and uh, you know, as the roster was announced, this is a guy who was getting a lot of praise. Kevin Byard really uh, talked him up the other day, and Mike Vrabel followed too. And it's interesting, you know, I think initially when he was picked, everybody kind of had the idea that he was going to be more of a safety you know, kind of a, a versatile guy that maybe could play a couple positions, but but maybe was taking more of the safety. But he ended up playing much more corner, um, which I believe he did in college, uh, actually, as well. And I wonder if, if this is a little bit of an opportunity for uh, for Chris Jackson to uh, to show some things 
uh, you know that he that he might not get uh, otherwise. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I guess you're right. I, I had read that somewhere the other day, but now I can't find it um, anywhere else. So I guess he's just out for now. Adore uh, Jackson, that is. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go with the rotation there. Um, we knew that they needed to get faster at corner, right? I mean, that was one of the things that was that was fairly evident uh, in that game against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that rotation. And Jackson, Chris Jackson, obviously is a guy that's an athlete and, and can give them some more things there. Uh, the Titans may catch a little bit of a break with Cortland Sutton being, uh, you know, highly questionable. I think is what it was termed. Uh, with the sprained AC joint that he suffered this week. So they, they may catch a little bit of a break, not facing, you know, as dominant of a group of receivers in Denver as it might have looked first off. And then you've got Jacksonville next week who, um, you know, I mean, obviously they have DJ Shark and, and a rookie that they're pretty excited about. But you've got a couple of weeks here before you face a group that's, that's really got, you know, three dominant receivers. So that, that could break well for them. But a Jory Jackson's a guy, you know, they, they picked up his fifth-year option, um, you know, and a guy that, by all accounts, is ready to take that step, it being mentioned in, I mean, you know, one of the top groups of corners in, in, in the league. I'm not going to say he's in that first group of, like, shutdown guys, but a guy that definitely was coming on when he was healthy last year, and you felt excited about the secondary group with him out there. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust there. Um, and then the other injury news, I guess that wasn't necessarily news, but Vic Beasley won't play in this game. Um, it's a knee injury for him also. Do we have any idea right now what the, the time frame is for him returning? Don't, but, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, probably a good sign again here that the Titans did not place him, um, you know, on, on IR. Uh, they also, uh, you know, if they thought it was going to be, you know, say six weeks or so or, or, you know, four to six weeks even, they could have just kept him on that non-football injury list. So we think you know, that, that maybe another week or, or uh, you know, certainly another two weeks, I would suspect if progress continues that, that Vic Beasley will be will be out there. Uh, you know, he has been, uh, you know, on the side during Titans practices working with uh, with Mike Vrabel. Um, and, you know, that that, uh, that was sort of the, uh, the ultimate hope, the, the goal uh, for the Titans was, hey, we know that Vic Beasley has skills, has talent, hasn't always been used to the utmost before. But if we can bring this guy here and have Mike Vrabel, you know, who was a you know a tremendous player at the same position, work with him, uh, who has worked with wonders with guys like Jadavian Clowney, hey, maybe we'll get that same kind of thing from from Vic Beasley. So, despite Vic Beasley's strange strange start uh, to the season, you know, I, I still think that there's uh, that there's some hope that uh, that he makes a contribution there. But yeah, it's a it's a tricky position. You look at their top five guys right now, the Titans. And, you know, three of the top five are, are either hurt or there's a question mark. You know, Beasley is out. Roberson is out uh, with a knee. And, and Clowney, we know he's a great player, but he's been practicing for, for one week. So you would think he'd be a limit, little bit limited out there uh, anyway. So, you know, we may see a guy like a, um, like a Wyatt Ray, I would think, might get called up uh, off, the, off the practice squad just to give them a little bit more depth. Uh, at that position, uh, I think eventually that's going to be a position of strength. Now it's you know it's, it's a little little thin right now. Yeah, and I guess the same thing with Roberson, right? I mean, they haven't made any type of roster move on him, so you hope that he's back, you know, in a week or two. Um, but like you said, I mean, they're they're thin there to say the least right now. Um, obviously, 
like you mentioned, Jadavion Clowney, you, you feel good with him here, but you have to imagine that he's going to be on some sort of a, a pitch count, so to speak, in Denver just with the limited practice. Um, you know, And he even talked about in his Zoom call about the difference between being in workout shape and football shape. Um, it, it just it takes some time for that kind of stuff, and then you add into that you know, the altitude in Denver and that kind of stuff. So that, to me, is going to be one of the more interesting things to watch tomorrow night for the Titans um, is how they rotate through those guys because they're definitely thin there. And that is, you know, when we were listing things this offseason that the Titans needed to improve on, the, the number one thing on that list was pass rush. And so, you know, you feel good. You've got Beasley. You've got Clowney. But, you know, Roberson came on at the end of the year last year, a guy that we were, you know, all excited about. But they're, they're going to be thin tomorrow night, so it's going to be interesting to see how this staff that's I – mean, I mean, you know, the staff has been together, but Dean Pease obviously is not here anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see how they mix and match those guys to be able to create pressure in Denver with a limited roster. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, maybe just to, to – kind of wrap up sort of uh, if we're looking at question marks and injury question marks also um you know a couple surprising names maybe on the on the offensive side too uh you know Corey davis is questionable um with the with a hamstring issue and uh boy you, you just hate to see that because it seems forever that that cory davis is nagged by something and more often than not it's been a hamstring ever since his first year in the league and and you know, there, there are so many, uh, you know, things that, that he does well, but, but, you know, last year it was the toe that, that um, you know, really set him back. And, and you know, he's had uh, hamstrings regularly and, and other issues as well. So, uh, you know, and, and as I say, he's questionable for this game, even though he practiced on, on Saturday. So we'll see about him. And then uh, uh, Darrington Evans uh, also uh, not going to play with the, with the hamstring. And, um, you know, I, I don't think – I think again we'll go back to the rookie class thing of of this rookie class didn't have an off season, um, never uh, really had the the background that that uh, other rookie classes have had. Um, but I still think there were some you know some high hopes for Darrington Evans, but you know the injury bug has kind of kept him out of uh, training camp as well, and and so it's going to be uh, probably a few weeks. You know that that hamstring thing, boy, it. it uh, that's not one of those things that oh just give it a give it a couple of days and everything will be fine you know even when it feels fine you know it's one of those injuries that you're prone to to pull it or strain it you know at some time uh, again throughout the year so uh, for the Titans' sake we'll we'll have to uh, have to hope that it's not too serious for Darrington Evans yeah and he was a guy that if nothing else you thought you could at least see a, a package for him right on offense I mean the, yeah. so much has been made of you know his speed his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, that kind of stuff, and so you thought even with the limited offseason, you could see them use him in certain situations, ha- like I said, have a package of plays for him, and obviously with him not being there, uh, that's not something that can happen. Uh, so I'm interested, you know, the running back rotation. Um, I mean, are we going to see uh, Derrick Henry? I mean, he's he's got to be the I mean, obviously he's the guy, but he's got to be the three-down back, at, at least in the – immediate future right with Evans not out there because the list behind him is not exactly you know guys that a lot of people have, have heard of or that have been productive in the NFL right it'll be uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if they bring a guy like Jeremy McNichols up off the practice squad uh you know they they do have you know the name that, that kind of we've all 
sort of overlooked because maybe we didn't expect him, or at least I didn't expect him to make the, the roster, was uh, Sonoris Perry, who's on the 53, who's, who is Derek's backup right now with, with Darrington Evans back. But, you know, I, I just don't know, uh, you know, having only seen him in a few practices, I'm not sure what to expect uh, from him. You know, whereas Jeremy McNichols actually has had, you know, we saw him in some preseason games with the with the Titans. You know, we've we've seen him in in other training camps as well. So I'm a little bit more familiar, and and I would think he knows the the system uh, at least as well. Um, you know, if not better than than Sonoris Perry. Um, so I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of curious as to where where Perry fits in this whole deal, and and whether uh, McNichols gets called up to to supplement the the situation as well. When do they have to make those roster determinations for those guys that are on the practice squad as far as if they're going to be available tomorrow night? Yeah, everything has to be done for a Monday night game. Everything has to be done by 3 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. Um, that's when, you know, and then we had some other news uh, a little bit earlier today. Darren Bates, uh, you know, has been added to the practice squad. Um, well, so obviously somebody's going to have to move off to that practice squad. Um, the the guess is that they'll activate somebody. Well, you know, well, maybe it's Ty Smith, maybe it's Wyatt Smith, maybe it's McNichols. Um, but, you know, with the new rules this year, you can activate uh, two guys uh, in addition to just making the adding to the to the 53. You can uh, bring two guys to essentially make it 55 guys that you choose from uh, from the game. So all that has to be done by, by 3 o'clock tomorrow, so we'll get a sense of uh, uh, exactly who's available, at least the 55 that are available uh, to be active by three. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that, that is a little bit different from years past. Uh, you know, obviously with the different practice squad rules, the 16 players um, with with six of those guys can have any amount of NFL experience. Um, obviously that's different yeah. than f- from years past uh, with, with everything that's going on with COVID this year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, and that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, you'll be listening to this Monday morning, so Monday by three we'll, we'll know exactly who they have to choose from and, and what moves they've made there. Uh, one thing that I, I thought was kind of interesting this week, um, obviously the Denver game last year was was the low point of the Titans season, um, was the game where, you know, they made the switch to Ryan Tannehill, um, at least at halftime, and then, you know, he started after that game. It seemed that the guys that were asked about that through the different Zoom calls and stuff throughout the week, they didn't really want to talk about it. Um, you know, <laughs> that's kind of in the past type deal. Didn't have a whole lot to say about that. But you, you've got to believe that that has been a point that has been pretty widely talked about, uh, you know, behind closed doors this week. Yeah, and, and uh, you, you're right in that most of the guys have said, well, that's in the past. We've tried to move on. But you can always count on Taylor Lewan to, yeah. to give you a good, good candid answer on some of these questions. And, you know, when, when he was asked, hey, is that uh, 16 nothing game been brought up a uh, a few times, and I, I think his response was along the lines of, "Oh yeah, it's been brought up a lot. Uh, you know, basically every every time we turn around." So, and and I do know also that, you know, when when we've had Mike Brabel on the on the Zoom chats, um, whenever he wants to deflect, uh, you know, from a question on another topic that's been answered, you know, there have been a number of times where he's he's just gone off on his own track and say, "You know, we haven't scored a point on Denver and." you know, uh, in, in a game now, and, and we're just trying to get a point uh, against Denver. And, and so if he's saying that on a regular basis to us, I can I can be fairly certain that that point is being drilled home uh, with, the, with the Titans as well. And, and so that will be a little bit of a, a motivating factor, I'm sure, for the offense. And, and you know, we, we've spent a lot of time 
talking about kind of the, the question marks um, about the Titans. But, you know, when, when you look at, hey, what are you uh, really optimistic about and, and what to me is, is the most, you know, for Titans fans to look forward to most, obviously has to be the, this offense. And, uh, you know, you look at the, just some of the numbers that this offense put up last year and you're looking at, you know, first in the red zone, first goal to go, third in rushing yards per game, first in passing yards per play. And there's just a, a like a long list, and it's so unusual, um, you know, to say that about a Titans offense as you go into a season that, you know, we've been used to the score 20 points and hold on for dear life, Titans. Um, and I think it's just going to be really interesting to watch how well this, this group plays together. The one, you know, potential area of question mark, of course, is that right side of the line with Nate Davis and, and Dennis Kelly. And, and we know Jarrell Casey will be uh, uh, licking his chops over there uh, tomorrow night as well. But what do you think, Timmy? I mean, is this about uh, as entertaining a, a Titans offense as, uh, as you've seen? Um, you know, going into a season in, in quite some time. Oh, absolutely. Like you said, I mean, we are, we are, as Titans fans have been conditioned to um, <laughs> just we're, we're going to win this game by a field goal, whatever, whatever that ends up being. Um, and, yeah, if you can get to 20, you're thrilled, and the defense is going to play. And we definitely saw a shift from that last year. And so when you talk about returning, you know, the, the league's leading rusher and Derrick Henry, Talk about a guy like A.J. Brown who really came on as the year went on last year and has all the makings of being a number one receiver in the NFL. And I know that's scary as a Titans fan, right, because anytime we've gotten our hopes up about a receiver, um, it generally doesn't end well. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, knock on wood, has stayed healthy generally to this point. Um, like Corey Davis, he talked about, you know, from the top there, um, the hamstring injury that just seems to have nagged him since he got here, missed, you know, the majority of his first training camp with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you're excited about what, what they can do. You're excited about what you saw from Arthur Smith as a play caller last year um, and how he grew as the season went on and, and what they were able to do with Ryan Tannehill and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely a different feel for this team because even I think even in years past when you felt good about a team going into the season the thing you would point to first is they're really good on defense they're they're going to stop people and so you know they can they can keep them in games and hopefully they can just score enough to win and you could be looking at a team at least early in the season this year that really relies on the offense with the different question marks now I think we all think the defense is going to come around and has a chance to be really good by the time the year's over, but it's definitely a team that is, is their strength is on offense, and that has not been the case for, I mean, maybe two teams ever since they've been here, right. you know, right. and so it, it's, it's definitely a different feeling that you have surrounding this team, and so I, I'm really, it, they're going to be fun to watch, and, and even in years past when they've been good, they haven't necessarily been fun to watch. Um, so right. you have to be excited about that. And, again, that's the thing, like the continuity on offense, and that's the, the thing that we've been kind of point, pointing to as, as one of the biggest reasons for optimism coming in is their offense is pretty much bringing everybody back. I mean, the only guy that's gone is, is Jack Conklin, but Dennis Kelly was at least here. Um, so it's not like you're breaking in a completely new guy there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, and, and maybe they have to outscore people early in the season, but you feel good about them being able to do that, and that definitely hasn't always been the case. Right. I mean, 30 points a game for the last 10 games yeah, of the regular season last that's crazy. year. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, I want to say I think only the Ravens and maybe the Saints had, had better you know points per game averages once Tannehill came in for the for the Titans there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, 
it's the only disappointing thing about having such an entertaining team, at least from the Titans' point of view, is this would have been a, probably a pretty good year to, to fill seats in the stadium, right? Uh, as as well, you know. I mean, you often hear the the you know the phrase that uh, you know offenses uh, you know sell tickets and defenses win championships. Uh, this, I think, would have been a, a good year to uh, to sell tickets and, and get people in to kind of watch a team that that runs up some points, but uh, um, not uh, not the case, uh, unfortunately. Um, here's a, a, a question for you. Um, I was going to get your get your thoughts on on just maybe some general thoughts on on Denver and what the Titans are are going up against. It's uh, you know, the, in a lot of ways, this is a team that we don't know a ton about. Uh, we know they'll be without Von Miller, which is a huge setback for them. We know that they might be without Cortland Sutton, their their top receiver. Um, but really, you know, this is Drew Locke's second year, uh, really his his first full season. Um, you know, you you look at what they did last year. I think they were three and eight at one point, then won four of their last five. Uh, you know, to kind of finish at least respectably uh, at that point, but. What do you think uh, of this team? Because it's uh, you know, it, there's there seems to be not a whole lot of uh, definitive um, you know ideas on on exactly what Denver is. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you look at what they did this off season, they at least to me seems like they took the stance of if we're going to win the AFC West, because you 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 imagine teams, right? I mean, their their first goal is to win the division, right? And so when they size up their competition on what they have to do, obviously the Chiefs are the class of the league, definitely the class of that division. Um, you know, they took Jerry Judy with their first pick. They signed Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, so obviously they they're a team that was gearing up to put weapons around Drew Locke, a guy who. Had some success last year when he took over. Um, I I don't love Drew Locke as a quarterback, um, but I mean you remember <laughs> last year when the draft was here and they, there was that rumor the day before the day of that the Titans were thinking about taking Drew Locke. That was kind of something that that made the rounds a little bit. I didn't necessarily love that idea then. But obviously, I mean, the Broncos are committed to him, and they're committed to putting weapons around him to try to score points. Now, that strategy takes a little bit of a hit with Cortland Sutton potentially out, um, so that they're going to be a little bit down there. But you've got Melvin Gordon. You've got Philip Lindsay, who's a guy that was really good when he had chances last year. So, I mean, I think they're a team it's obviously going to be good on defense. They added Jarrell Casey. Like you said, Vaughn Miller is not in, so that, that obviously hurts them. But Vic Fangio, I mean, is a guy that has you know, made his living in the NFL as, as a defensive guru. Um, so they're still going to be good on that side of the ball. But they're going to try to win games by scoring points. So, I mean, it's kind of weird to, to think about a, a Broncos-Titans game as a potential shootout. But with, with things going around there, I mean, I think this game has the ability to, you know, at least see some points put on the board. And so I think, you, you like, like we said, you feel good about the Titans' chances to win in that type of environment. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's, it's so weird just this year with everything. And we've seen a lot of, you know, and we always see weird stuff in week one of the NFL that's not that's not different than normal, but you know when you look at Jacksonville winning today, I mean nobody expected Jacksonville to beat the Colts today. Um, so you, you know you always you always see some stuff like that happening. But I, I think the the Broncos are a team that wants to score points. Um, I mean obviously everybody wants to score points, but they're, they're a team that wants to you know put up a bunch of points, um, and they know that that's their way to compete against a team like the Chiefs. So the question is going to be, can the Titans stop them? 
Um, and I would have felt better about that with Adore Jackson on the field, with Vic Beasley on the field, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you, you think that there's a potential that they could score points here. Um, can the Titans answer as far as, as that's concerned? And, and you, have to, you have to feel good about that. But it's just like, like we said, it's just so weird to, to feel like you're, you're an offensive team. And you're a team that is gonna that's gonna come in and, and try to outscore people, um, but that's what we're, I, I feel like that's kind of what we're looking at here. And I don't know. I mean, Denver to me is just a team that is they they have a lot more questions. When you look at the Titans, you, you kind of know what they want to do. You kind of know who they're gonna be and that kind of stuff. Denver to me is a team that was trying to at least somewhat reshape their identity and become an offensive football team. And I, I think you feel good about getting them in this week um, with, you know, week one uh, with Drew Locke, you know, really as, as his first season at, with the, as a starter. A guy like Jerry Judy, who we all think is going to be a good player. But like, like we talked about with the Titans rookies, didn't get an offseason, all of that stuff. So from that standpoint, I, I think they're a team that's going to be better midway through the year than, they, than they're going to be tomorrow night. So, I mean, from that point, I, I think the Titans have to feel good about catching them early. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and I think it's also worth pointing out too that you know uh, uh, Mike Herndon from our our Broadway uh, site as well uh, did a really good job of of breaking down. I mean, everybody knew that that Denver had a, an excellent home field advantage. You know, you're obviously with the with the thin air and so forth, but uh, you know the the crowd is tremendous more often than not in in Denver as well, and the record that they have at at home uh, has been. Outstanding, especially in the early weeks of the uh, of the NFL season, um, you know. So for the Titans not to have to worry about uh, you know fans in the stands, there there won't be any uh, tomorrow night. You know, I, I think the Titans catch a, a real break there because you know I, on generally on, on a prime time game, you know, fans have had all day to get get worked up. <laughs> it's the season opener. You know that that place would be going uh, just uh, crazy tomorrow night. So. You know the the Titans will uh, will certainly benefit from that as well. And what did you think? I don't know how many games you watched today, but just the optics of because I mean I think the only game today that actually had any fans in the stadium was in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, the, the all, game right? Yeah, they had probably the same normal, normal they usually had. But um, <laughs> exactly. you know the games we got here uh, on TV in Nashville, we got the Falcons and the Seahawks early, the and the Patriots and the Dolphins, and then we got Saints and uh, Buccaneers late. But what did you think about the optics of just watching those games with no fans in the stadium? It was, it was unusual. It takes you some time to get used to it. There's there's no doubt. Um, you know, I, I at first, and then in terms of noise, you know, I, initially I, I was like, you know, who needs the, the artificial noise? You know, we don't we don't want that. Let's let's keep it real. If there's no fans, uh, you know. But honestly, I, I kind of liked. You know, at least some home field advantage uh, being given, and, and some sense of normalcy. I'm sure the players uh, appreciate that too. I mean, it gets them, uh, you know, a little juiced up there also. Uh, so I think, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's only what 70 decibels that that uh, you know that that teams are allowed to, to pipe in. I, I believe, but even that, you know, I I actually kind of like it, even though I know it's not real, just because it uh, it brings some sense of normalcy out there. So. But yeah, it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take more than one week to uh, to just look at those uh, stands and not think you're you know in the in the fourth preseason game of the uh, of the season. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, Mike Vrabel talks a lot about, you know, just the different things that you have to deal with, and everybody has to deal with them. And so the teams that adjust, you know, the most efficiently are the ones that will, you know, be able to be successful in those types of things. So, I mean, it's got to be different for those guys to be in that stadium. And I, I didn't think it was from a, just watching the games on TV, it didn't feel that much different when they were, you know, tight shots on the field with the action because, like you said, with the noise and, and that kind of stuff, it did feel normal. Um, but it's got to have a really weird feel for the guys in the stadium. But, I mean, great point from you that, you, you know, we're talking about going to Denver, a place that is, I mean, they, they fill the stand. You know, the Titans have, you know, it's long been a thing here that people don't go to the games when they're not good or opposing fans take over. That's not ever the case in Denver. Um, the, the, their fans show up regardless of how the, the team is playing. So, I mean, I, I think that's a good point there that that's something the Titans won't have to deal with here. But it, it's just going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. And we still don't know. Um, we know the Titans are not going to have any fans next week against Jacksonville. We haven't heard yet on October um, if, if that, they're going to have at least, you know, some percentage of capacity in. But um, it'll be interesting to see how teams adjust to that. Um, last thing, I mean, what what do you think, what are the keys from the Titans' perspective from this game? Like, what do they need to have go right for them to get a win here? Well, I, I think they have to be uh, very guarded, especially uh, with Dory Jackson missing the game. I have to, they, they cannot give the big play up because I, I think, you know, if you look at these two teams, uh, you know, on paper, uh, and the offenses that both of them have, I, I certainly think that, you know, the Titans have a, a more talented offense and a team that can outscore the Broncos. However, um, you know, all it takes is, uh, is a couple of big plays and, and uh, you know, you give the other team 14 points or so. So I think, you know, without a Dory Jackson, maybe they're, they're even more, a little bit more conservative uh, in the secondary than, than we might have seen uh, in the past and, and uh, you know, about bringing extra defenders perhaps uh, as well. So I think they have to be very, uh, very careful uh, on that front. Um, you know, maybe if I, if I picked another key, um, I, I would hope um, that they have, uh, you know, worked on some of those pass rushing issues that, that we have talked about too. And even though they're going to be thin, even though there's not, uh, you know, a Vic Beasley, even though there's not a Derek Roberson, even though there's not a Jadevian Clown or, you know, Jadevian Clowney is not, not uh, the player we think he'll be later. And and also uh, one other player, Logan Ryan. I mean, this is a guy that had eight and a half sacks the last uh, two years combined. Um, so even without all those guys, I, I, I hope that, that uh, you know, for the Titans' sake, that they'll see a Jeffrey Simmons, uh, you know, add to his pass rush abilities and, uh, you know, that they'll be able to pressure Drew Locke, something we didn't see enough from the Titans last year. Yeah, and, and when you look back at that game last year, I mean, obviously Derrick Henry's worst game of the year, 15 carries for 28 yards. Um, that's obviously something they're going, going to look to remedy early on, um, and, and you would assume that they'll try to get the bulk of that behind the left side of that offensive line, um, you know, with, with Lawan and Saffold, the guys that have been there, um, you know, not just with this team, but Saffold has, has been in the league for a long time. Um, so you, you think they're going to look there. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see how they play it defensively. Um, do they – go with kind of a bend but don't break type deal, um, you know, make Drew Locke drive down the field and beat them. Um, it, I think we're going to learn a lot about this defensive staff from that standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're in a good spot. Um, like we said, catching Denver at a good time and all that kind of stuff to get off on the right start. And, you know, when you look back at the way things have played out 
throughout the, the year for this team, um, these AFC games are important. I mean, obviously the division games are the ones that, that you look at and you circle and you got to win the division and all that stuff. When you start looking at tiebreakers and that kind of stuff, AFC record, you know, comes up there next. So it's important from that standpoint, even though it's not a division game, you want to get those the, the wins against AFC, te- AFC teams um, early in the season to, to kind of set yourself up well for there, for that if you get into those types of things later in the year. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited more than anything just to see them on the field. Um, just the, the hype surrounding this team is unlike anything we've seen in a really long time. Um, so I, I think that if you can limit the big plays, like you said, and you, you get in a game where the offenses have to drive to score points, I, I think you have to feel good about the Titans in that scenario. Yep, I agree. And, and I'm looking forward to it just from the standpoint. You know, it's not a, a ton of times over the years the Titans have been uh, Monday night football team. Right. Uh, and certainly not a season open. You know, we, we saw it certainly years ago. Uh, they were they were much more regular about that. But uh, you know, this is a uh, this is a big time opportunity. You know, on a on a on a national stage. So let's uh, let's see what these guys can do. Yeah, absolutely. And let's get off to a fast start. Um, that, that that has not been a strength of theirs in years past. <laughs> so this would be a, a good way to you know start off season one and zero and not get behind the eight ball where you're having to win a bunch of those games later in the year and that kind of stuff. So you know, I, like I said, I'm excited to see what they bring. I'm excited for the the covers that we're going to see at Broadway Sports. We're going to have a lot of good stuff there. So be sure you check that out uh, throughout the week. And um, I don't know any any final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, I think we've uh, I think we've given uh, plenty of food for thought. So I'm uh, uh, like I say I'm uh, I'm ready to uh, to kick back and uh, and watch some entertaining football tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of the for this podcast, uh, we'll have the daily podcast. I won't do one on Monday, but starting Tuesday, we'll have the daily deals leading up to Jacksonville next week, and then John and I will be back next Sunday night to recap. Um, just a few thoughts from Denver probably, and then you know the Jacksonville game. Uh, that the Titans get next Sunday. So uh, have a lot of stuff between now and then. Home Run Throwback is the name of the podcast. That's the feed that you can search for on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're, we're, we're available in all those spots, and with that you get this show and the Talking Titans for 10, um, the, the daily deal that I'm doing as well. Uh, so like I said, broadwaysportsmedia.com, we're going to have a ton of cool stuff. Uh, we'll be commenting live during the game, so be sure and check that out. Jump in the thread there. Um, you can watch the game with us, and then we'll have plenty of recap and analysis as the week goes on. John, so mu- thanks so much for joining me again. Sure, Jimmy. I always enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow John on Twitter, at Glenn Sports. You can follow me on Twitter, at MCM. Like I said, home run throwback. Uh, search that wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. So for John Glenn and this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.